You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you with us today on our online service. If we ever met, my name's Ben. I'm a part of the team here at Kingdom City. And we're just gonna jump straight into it, if that's okay. You know, one of the things I've just felt really on my heart over the past six months or so is the importance of living in light of eternity. Living in light of eternity. You know, that moment where we'll stand before God, where we'll give an account for our life, where we'll speak to God about how we lived and He'll take a look at what we did with what He'd given us and how we'd stewarded things. That moment is worth us living for. That moment is worth us making some lifestyle changes for. That moment is worth us shifting some things around. That moment is so much more important than any moment that we could ever have here on earth. You know, oftentimes when people talk about eternity, they'll get a rope and they'll line it up along the stage and they'll say, this is your life and only this part is your life here on earth. Because life is but a vapour. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. It's like a blade of grass. But the truth of the matter is to paint a better picture of that, you'd have to take that same rope and probably wrap it around the entire world and bring it back into the room, back onto the stage. And that would give you a better picture of how long eternity is, yet life would still only be such a small portion of that rope. Our life there will matter so much more than our life matters here. But how we live here directly impacts our life there. How we live and what we prioritise and and how we steward our time and our gifts and our energy will matter there. So many of us, we get caught up in the the day by day, the routine, the challenges of life and all of these sorts of things are important. You know, family's important and your career is important, but so much more we also need to be living for that moment and raising our children for that moment and living in light of what our eternity will look like. Last year, I read a book that impacted me more than probably any other book that I'd read outside of the Bible. It It gave me such a picture of what my eternity would look like. This pastor, his name is Pastor Rick Joyner. He wrote this book called The Final Quest. And in it, the Lord gives him a prophetic vision and takes him before the throne room to stand before God. And as he's in this great hall where people stand before God, he realises that there is places of high honour and there is places of lower honour or lower glory. And he was shocked to see those who were in the places of lower honour, lower glory. Some of them were well-known Christian authors. Others were great Christian leaders that had built large ministries. Others were even reformers. There was some nominal Christians there that didn't really live for God, although they loved God and attended church. They didn't really live for Him. And he was shocked to see them there. He found out that some of them were there because perhaps they they served God for the wrong motive. Perhaps they served Him for the wrong reason or they had jealousy in their heart or they, they had different motives. They were trying to build their own kingdom, their own empire. They weren't trying to really serve God. In the places of, of higher honour were people who would overcome. They'd taken what God had given them and they'd stewarded it well. And then sitting on the thrones in the places of the highest honour were some people there that He was most shocked to see. Some of them, they had never really achieved much for the Kingdom of God, but they'd been faithful and they'd been obedient to what God had called them to do. He said He saw a lot of obscure missionaries who hadn't really seen breakthrough or success. He said that he saw mothers sitting on thrones and children even sitting on thrones and they'd just been faithful with what God had given them. He saw a homeless man 
sitting there. And this homeless man had only ever made one convert. He'd only ever led one person to Christ. And he actually died trying to save the life of someone else. And God saw fit to put him on one of the thrones. See, in our eternity, God's not gonna judge you based on the person next to you. He's not gonna hold you accountable for how they lived. Now God holds us accountable to how we lived and what we did with our lives. And as I read this book, I started to weep and, uh, and repent and realise that not what I was doing was wrong, but perhaps some of the why behind what I was doing was wrong. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 9 to 11, it says, Therefore we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God. And I also trust well known in your conscience. You know, for some of us on that day, it will be a glorious day where we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Where we stewarded the things well that God had given us. Where we loved the people that He'd brought along our path. Where we obeyed what He had called us to do. For others of us, it might be a, a terrible day, a shocking day as we stand back and almost like watching your house catch a light and everything you live for burn. We might be saved, but what we live for and the way that we stewarded things and the people that we took care of, it might not be for the right reasons. It might not be rewarded in eternity. You know, today's message, it's not an in-depth study on eternity, on the levels of glory or on the tribulation or on the millennium. Today, my hope, my prayer is that we would all just leave this service leave this message having a good picture of eternity. See, I'd read the books, I'd seen the interviews, I had, I had studied the Scripture on eternity, but for some reason, reading this particular book painted this picture indelibly on my soul that I can't now live my life in any other way. And that's my hope and my prayer that we would leave today living more in light of eternity. You know, it's a new year. So often we set New Year's resolutions, I know I do. You know, I've been trying to lose 10 kilograms this year for the last several years. But so often my New Year's resolutions and maybe yours are the same. They won't matter in eternity. No one's gonna care how buff you were on earth in heaven. No one's gonna care, you know, what sort of car you owned or whether you did this or did that. So much of what we value as being great, as being something admirable, won't matter there. The Scripture actually tells us that some things that are highly esteemed by two men are detestable to God. But we need to live in light of what matters to Him. And it's not a secret, it's in Scripture. The Bible is so clear that we should live with love, with humility, that we should prioritise caring for others and generosity. It's not like God is hiding these things from us. It's in plain sight in the Word of God. But over the past six months, a few things have been highlighted to me, things that will matter in eternity that might not matter as much here. And I'm just believing that as we share this, that God will speak to all of us. In eternity, I believe that it's people over popularity. It's people over popularity. On earth, it's all about popularity. Who knows you? How famous you are? How many followers you have on Instagram or Facebook or these other things? I mean, Jesus isn't even on Facebook. You know, He got bumped off there. The big tech censored Him, you know. I mean, He doesn't even like Twitter. You know, there's all this trash on there. He wants to get off of that thing. But, but on earth, those things are so important. On earth, those things are highly valued. But in eternity, it'll be all about people. It'll be all about who did you help find Jesus? It'll be all about who did you encourage in their faith journey? 
In eternity, what will matter is, did you make disciples? Did you love people? Did you care for people? You know, there's a story in the Scripture of a rich man and Lazarus and the rich man had everything on earth and Lazarus was a beggar that lived at his gates. And in that story, the rich man went to a place of torment and Lazarus went to a place of paradise. And even while he was in that place of torment, you know what was on that rich man's mind more than anything else? He said, I just want someone to go back and tell my brothers so that they won't come to this place here. Even people in hell will be concerned about other people that they don't find their way there as well. What matters in eternity will be the people that we help get there more than anything else. You know, when I was younger, 16 to maybe 18, I was really backslidden and wasn't living for God. I'd grown up in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor in a small town, and uh, but I'd kind of fallen away from God. I didn't have my own relationship with Him. But when I was about 18, I was really trying to do my best and trying to, you know, decide, am I gonna live for God? And one of my dad's friends, his name is Peter Rogers. His, uh, he was traveling around Australia at the time and something had happened with the vehicle and they were kind of stuck at our house for several weeks, I think maybe six weeks. And Pastor Peter Rogers, or Uncle Pete, as I called him, you know, he would just come over and chat with me most days. You know, I was studying university and he would just pop over and, and uh, while I was doing my uh, assignments or whatever, and he would just chat with me. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the conversations that we had. I'm so grateful that He took the time. He didn't want anything from me. He just wanted to encourage me in my walk with God and my faith journey. And He would just say, hey Ben, you know, you, you should turn away from this stuff and, and this won't bring you any satisfaction and God loves you and He has a plan for you. And even though you've messed up, He wants to forgive you and help you in your journey. And you know, I'm so grateful for, for Uncle Pete. Every couple of years, I, I send him a long-winded message on social media or something, thanking him for the time that he took to speak into my life and to be a blessing to me. I'm sure that in eternity, he'll be one of my favourite people to meet. I'm sure that in eternity, there'll be people that maybe whose lives were impacted by our lives and they'll meet Uncle Pete and they'll say, wow, you, you helped bring Ben back to the Lord. And there'll be a celebration as we realise the domino effect of God operating through people in our lives. When we get to eternity, what will really matter is people, not what we had here, not how popular we were here. And if we wanna live in light of that, we're gonna to have to shift our focus to that, amen? The second thing that has really become highlighted is that eternity, it's about obedience over progress. It's more important that you're obedient to God than you achieve great things for God. As I read this book, I started to weep and repent as I realised that the goalposts in my life were off. I, I had married the world's level of success with my success in the Kingdom of God. I thought that bigger, better, stronger, you know, more resources, that's all that God was looking for. If I could go to this city and see 10,000 saved or go to this city and see, you know, 100 saved, then I should definitely go to that place. This was my thinking, my motive. It was all about reaching more, not being obedient to God. You know, you can achieve incredible results, but be in disobedience and it won't matter at all in eternity. I was shocked as I read this book to realise that some of these people that were in the highest places of honour, they hadn't seen breakthrough. They'd been sent to missionaries to far off places and no one would know their name, but they were highly esteemed by God because they went in obedience and because they followed what God was asking them to do. 
I almost had like a bit of a spiritual midlife crisis as I realised not what I was doing was wrong, but perhaps why I was doing it. I was trying to be successful. I was trying to achieve great things for God instead of living a life that was purely out of a desire to obey God. It's so important that we follow what He asks us to do. Some of us, you already know that God has been speaking to you. You already know that there's been something you've been running away from that God has been putting His finger on in your life. Come on, friends, let's be people who don't just achieve things for God. Let's be people who follow and obey God. Amen. I believe that in eternity, it will be giving over possessions. What you give will matter there, not what you had here on earth. I mean, no one's gonna get to heaven and say, oh man, I really wish that we renovated our kitchen on earth, you know? Oh, I really wish that we bought that apartment on the beach. You know, I really wish we, we upgraded the car or, or we got that latest phone or we did this. None of those things will matter there. But what will matter is what you gave into the Kingdom of God. It won't matter what sort of car you had or whether you had a, a bike or a tuk-tuk or a scooter or a moped, none of that will matter. But what will matter is what you gave. And it's not about how much you gave, it's about whether or not it was a sacrifice to you. You can be very generous with 10 ringgit and very stingy with 10,000. It depends on how much you have. It depends on the need that's in front of you. It's not about equal amount, it's about was it a sacrifice when you gave? What you give to people that will help them find Jesus, what you give in offerings, what you give to help them in their journey to finding God, that will matter in eternity. What won't matter is what we spend on ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be blessed or that God doesn't wanna bless us, but that's not His primary motive. That's not His primary concern is that we live a full and comfortable life. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. God wants to use us to bring His Kingdom to the city that we're in. God wants to use us to help those find Him. And what we give will matter in eternity, not what we kept. Jesus said it so plainly in Matthew chapter 6, Do not lay up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's a powerful movie called Schindler's List. And in this movie, this man, he rescues many uh, Jewish slaves during World War II. He himself was a Nazi, but he started to get a heart for people and started to rescue them. And it's an incredibly powerful story. And there's a scene towards the end of the movie where he's standing around hundreds of people that he had rescued. He's standing around them and he recognises that while he saved a lot of people, he could have saved some more. He points to his car and he says, if we had given up this car, we could have saved another 10 more. He pulls a pin off of his coat and he says, this pin, they would have given me two more for this pin. They would have given me at least one. They would have given me at least one. And he started to weep and repent about all the money that he'd wasted on his own pride, all the money that he'd wasted on his own ego, but he hadn't been giving as much as he could to those around him. I'm not saying that we should live in condemnation for what God has blessed us with, but it's not a noble thing to spend everything we have only on ourselves. God wants us to be a blessing to others, to help other people, to pay for the lady's groceries in front of you and tell her that Jesus loves you when she can't pay at the register, to encourage someone in their journey, to give to those in need, to sponsor a child, to give in the miracle offering. These things will matter in eternity, not what we spent on ourselves, amen. 
The next thing that was really highlighted to me is that in eternity, it's actually motive over performance. Did you do it from a place of love? Did you really care for people? You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 to 3, Paul the Apostle writes, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but if I have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Isn't that incredible? He's saying here, I could be the most accurate prophetic voice on the face of the earth. I could raise the dead and tell this mountain to be uprooted and thrown into the sea. I could do these incredible feats for God. I could even give my body to be burned as a martyr for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. But if I don't love, it will profit me nothing. You know, it's totally possible to serve God, but not be doing it from a place of loving people. I've shared the Gospel with people on the street, and prayed the sinner's prayer with them. But the reality is I was praying that prayer with them because I wanted to earn my way into salvation. I wanted God to bless me. I was actually doing it for me. I wasn't doing it out of love for them. It's so important that we have our motive right, that we do things from a place of love, not just that we're trying to do the right thing. It's not just important that we obey God, It's not just important that we follow God, it's also important that we do it for the right reasons as well. You know, sometimes even as a preacher, you can actually preach for your own benefit. You can actually preach because you want people to say, wow, you did a good job. And I'll be honest, sometimes I've done that. I've done that in the past where I would preach a message and I'd be, as soon as I'm finished, I'm so consumed with, did I do a good job? Did they like it? You know, did they, did they, did they come up and thank me afterwards? And Sometimes you can kind of tell how well you did when you're preaching to a, to a live room and, and people would come up to you. If only a few people come up and kind of say, oh, that was good, Pastor Ben, and then talk about the weather, you probably know it wasn't that good, you know. Or maybe 10 or 20 people would say, wow, that was so powerful. You know you did better. If people come up crying, oh my goodness, wow, you, you know you did really good. But the truth of the matter is, is that I shouldn't want to preach the Gospel for my own motive for my own sake. Paul talks about this. He said that some people preach for selfish ambition. They're actually preaching it to feed a need in themselves. They're actually serving God because they need to help, because they need to be right, because they need to be seen to be generous. But that's the wrong motive, friend. We need to do things from a place of love because we're obeying what God has called us to do now after I finish preaching a message. The first thing I say is, God, did I Did I obey you? Did I say what I felt you gave me to say? Did I follow what you had asked me to do? And then I think, did I love the people? Did I love them enough to tell them the truth? Did I love them enough to speak your Word and not be ashamed of what your Word says? Did I love them enough to to speak the truth in love over their lives? We We shouldn't serve God for our own motive. We should serve Him because we love other people, amen. And the last point here today, is I believe that eternity, it's about intimacy over power. It's about intimacy over power. What am I talking about? We're not just called to operate in the power of God, we're also called to know the God of the power. Jesus said, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Your Name? Did we not cast out demons in Your Name and done many wonders in Your Name? And then He will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 
They're operating in power and authority and moving in the gifts of the Spirit. They're doing all these incredible things. And Jesus says, hey, hey, I don't even know who you are. You know, the, the reason that God created mankind is to have a relationship with us. The reason that He made you is so that He could know you. The reason that He created us is to first and foremost walk with Him. And it's from a relationship with Him. It's from a place of knowing Him that we can then live our lives in light of eternity and to be well-pleasing to Him and to love others and to love Him and to be obedient to what He is calling us to do and live generous lives. It's from that place of intimacy that we can really live a life of impact. But in eternity, if you think about it, that's really what eternity is all about as well. Eternity is about knowing God. Eternity will be about having a relationship with God. I, you know, you only spend a lot of time with people if you really love them, if you really wanna get to know them, if you really wanna, if you really wanna be with them. And that's why God has us there is because He wants to be with us. I mean, some of us, we have family gatherings and we're more than happy to wait another year until we have another one, but not God. He wants to be with you for all eternity. He wants to have that relationship with you. I don't wanna to get to heaven and ask around and say, who's Jesus? Cause I really don't know Him that well. I'm not sure what He looks like. I'm not sure what His presence feels like. I'm not sure what His Word sounds like. Now I wanna get there and embrace the Saviour that I've been walking with my entire life and thank Him for all that He has done for us. Eternity is really about knowing Jesus. I don't know which one of these points jump out at you. I don't know what God has been speaking to you about, but I'm believing that every single one of us would leave this place with that question answered. God, in light of eternity, what are you calling me to do different? How are you calling me to change? What are you calling me to shift this year, God? Because I wanna live my life in light of that moment. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much, that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.